Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. With four daughters and two on a dance team, I can tell you we go through a lot of mascara in my house, but I'm crazy about L'Oreal Paris new Panorama Mascara, which catches every lash for corner to corner for maximum volume. If you're looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank, this is yours. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. I've been using it for about two weeks now, and I feel like my eye has completely opened up, and the girls are crazy about it too. They've got a tapered brush to catch every lash, one of the best mascara wands that I've ever used. And like I said, this luxe appearance of this gold package you got to get it. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara. You're going to love it. The amazing Kate Casey. Welcome back to another episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. Hope that you had a great week. And right out of the gate, I've got two things I want you to watch. The first is the story of late night on CNN which takes viewers on a journey through late night TV's most memorable moments. I love the backstories about late night TV. Also, Searching for Sheila on Netflix, which is an Indian documentary that traces the life of Ma Anand Sheila, who was the spokesperson for the Rajneesh movement after she returns to India after 35 years. So side note, if you have never watched Wild Wild Country on Netflix, you have to cancel your plans for this week and binge every single episode and immediately. So for background, the documentary series is about the controversial Indian guru, the Bhagwan Rajneesh, or Osho, as he's also called, and his one-time personal assistant, Ma Anand Sheila, and their community of followers in the Rajneesh Puram community located in Wasco County, Oregon. I almost went as Ma Anand Sheila the year that this came out, which was, I believe, 2016. So this guru was the spiritual leader of this Rajneesh movement, or the sannyasins, as his followers were called. Lots of monochromatic outfits. That series opens with someone rolling out a red carpet and a bunch of people playing the recorder in preparation for the Rajneesh to walk down the red carpet. And a couple of people had like dust busters trying to clean the carpet. I mean, that's just how it opens. So... The sannyasins worshipped Osho, and his career began in India during the 60s and 70s when he traveled and spoke about socialism, Mahatma Gandhi, and Orthodox religion. It was really the first group that kind of melded Eastern mysticism with Western capitalism. So you had people all over the world that were worshipping him and giving up all their possessions or investing all their money into this guru and moving to this little community in Oregon. They embraced his lenient views on sexuality and relationships, this unique transformational tools of meditation, and they were all for those that were seeking enlightenment. Also, did I mention he owned 120 Rolls Royces? So if you've watched Wild Wild Country, this is like dessert, because you're going to get to see the Ma Anand Sheila all of these years later. She lives in Switzerland, and then as she goes back to India. So it's sort of like more to the story from Wild Wild Country. So story of late night on CNN, searching for Sheila on Netflix and Wild Wild Country on Netflix, if you've not already seen that. This episode, I've got Lindsay Hubbard from Summer House. Great season. The reunion's about to begin. Lindsay's going to be on Winter House, which is upcoming. And so I wanted to chat with her about this season of the show and also what it was like to live in that weird house with her now ex-boyfriend, but also we touched on what it's really like to be a woman on reality TV and the pressures that come with it. And also, pig royalty on Discovery+. Plus. This show you have got to watch. It is number one on my watch list this week. 
This show chronicles the lives of three families and their pigs as they compete to have the best and most celebrated show pigs in Texas. So throughout this season, you're going to see each family practice with their prize pigs day and night in order to win the coveted buckles, either for showmanship or breed champion, along with scholarships and hefty cash prizes. So the viewers are introduced to this whole new universe of fierce pig show coaches and pig parents who live and breathe pig shows and watch over the next generation of competitors. So like I say, the best kind of TV is revealing to you a whole new pocket of the world that you didn't know anything about. And it's fascinating. And everybody on the show is a character in their own right. So Matt and Jake from Reality Gaze, they told me I needed to watch the show. And I started watching it and I text them right away. I was like, oh, are you happy with yourselves? Totally obsessed. I put it on my Instagram. I was like, I don't know what anybody's doing this weekend. Probably doing something cooler than me. But if you were at home or you have access to a device, immediately put on Discovery Plus and start watching Pig Royalty because it is bonkers. So I asked Matt and Jake to review it for this episode, and I promise you that you will laugh. So Lindsay Hubbard and Pig Royalty on Discovery Plus. Here we go. (laughs) Already laughing. Well, first of all, I was just thinking this morning about... Do you remember all the times that we, I would or the time I talked to you and to Everett and I was giving you guys relationship advice? Yeah, didn't we do it at the same time? That's how far back we go. That's hysterical. That's like five years. I know. That's wild. Okay. That's, a, that's like a, a pretty good chunk of time right there. It is. I probably lasted longer than many of your relationships. But the real, the first question I have, it's a doozy and I don't know if you're going to be <laughs> comfortable answering it, but... What the hell is up with that weird house that you guys lived in? That architecture really was unsettling and bothered me <laughs> the whole season. Let's just run down the house. Why? Why was there a dining room table on the first floor? The upstairs, this itty bitty kitchen table. Why would you put the kitchen on the top floor? Did you have an ocean view or, or was it an ocean peak? Yeah, that house was really confusing. On the outside, it seems a little bit more outdated than, you know, some of the other more modern looking Hamptons houses. Um, and on the inside, it was just like an upside down house. Like we were we were living in stranger things, you know, like you walk in to the middle floor, which is where all the 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 bedrooms are. You have to go upstairs to the kitchen. I mean, I fell down the stairs because we were going up and down and up and down so much. And eventually, you know, I'm going to fall. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a very strangely designed house for I sure. Mean, did you at any point feel like I'm living in a prison and I have to escape this? <laughs> because the, it I just, would honestly it, go on runs just to get out. I would go on runs just to get out of the house. Yeah. And, you know, like we didn't have an ocean view. We, we were in the woods. So like the, the, the oh, way God. that the Hamptons work is like you're either like next to the water or you're in the woods. <laughs> There's like no way around it. You like it's one or the other. So, um, so yeah, we were in the woods this time. <laughs> so we did not have an ocean view, but um, we saw a lot of wildlife in the woods. <laughs> So remember in the first couple seasons, you got the chance to go out. We would see you at bars, but then it became more difficult to get filming like to for a restaurant or bar to allow filming. So now we're gotten to the point because of COVID that you were in the house for that period of time. Listen, it's been a really hard year for everybody, but you're filming a show together six weeks, a weird house, as you said, upside down. I think the really interesting part was that we were able to see each other's, um, you know, day to day activity, you know, for, you know, as individuals, you know, like who sleeps in the latest, who wakes up early and works out, who, you know, paces around on the phone, you know, taking work calls, who's, you know, glued to their computer. Um, and yeah, so I, I found that to be really interesting and, and, you know, it was a lot of togetherness and we did have to get creative since we couldn't leave the house. Um, which I think we did a pretty good job of doing that, but, um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any, you know, group of people, whether it's family or 
you know, nine, 10 friends should be together for six weeks straight without seeing another, you know, human being. Oh, absolutely. But then, so the show has, the concept was always, this is a group of friends who come on the weekends. So now you're together for six weeks, but many of you are still working your day jobs. Who did you find works the most and the least? Um, I would say Danielle worked the absolute most. She finally got a whiteboard and put it on her door with her schedule for the day. And sometimes I was like, okay, so I'll see you at lunch break. Do you get a lunch break? She's like, I honestly don't know if I'll have time. She was, she was really working around the clock. And, um, I I know that it was like really wearing on her. I would say the least who worked the least was Sierra. I mean, she wow. she was pretty clear that she was on vacation from her nursing job. And, um, you know, she she didn't work at all. Well, so, I mean, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially like as a nurse during COVID, I think, you know, she probably really needed that, that break to just relax. And Danielle works in fintech. Mm-hmm. You have your own PR firm. Have you ever felt stress about filming because you're thinking about how will this play back months later and will this affect my relationships with clients or potential clients? Or do you just make a decision like, this is what it is, I have to fully live in it and there's nothing I can do about it? Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting um, because I used to say like, if there's somebody who is reaching out to me because they see me on TV and they want to hire me as their publicist, like I would never hire myself as a publicist based on my weekend antics in the Hamptons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I remember season three, I made the mistake. I had like six clients that summer and we were also filming and I was like, I can never do this again. So from there on out, I sort of just like, you know, kind of uh, you know, took on less clients during the summertime and, you know, so that I could have a better balance between PR work and filming on the weekends. Well, I also worried because you work with brands, how many companies are approaching you with the assumption that if you represent them, that includes you're going to put all their products on your personal social media? Yeah, it's definitely a fine line. Um, you know, I'm really lucky, you know, to to sort of go back to your previous question. I'm really lucky to have very loyal clients who are a little bit on the younger side and and you know, they're just like fully understanding that I am filming a TV show and I go to the Hamptons on the weekends and they they just sort of laugh at me. Um, and they've been in my life for years and years since before Summer House existed. So, I'm very lucky in that sense. Um, but as far as new clients that that reach out, I um, I made the mistake. It was after season, you know, the first couple of seasons, and I had people reaching out, you know, because they wanted representation for their brands. And I would meet with these people, and next thing you know, they're like, "Oh, sorry, we don't have a budget." And I was like, "So why did you waste my time?" Like they right. just wanted to meet me. And after that, I was like. Mm, like, I'm not going to do that again, unless it's, you know, a, a previous client or a referral from a friend. And, you know, I know that this person is serious about hiring me for PR. Um, and then it became interesting because PR as an industry has really changed so much with the invention of social media and, you know, for the better. But at the same time, I was able to straddle the line, you know, on, on you know, understanding the traditional traditional PR. Um, right. you know, media placements, but also the mm-hmm. non-traditional side of social media. And I could speak to both. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think clients necessarily expect me to post on my personal Instagram for them, but I do it because I love them and I want to support um, in more than just a traditional media, you know, publicist role. Uh, how weird is it to be inside a television show straddling PR influencers, talent. Do you feel like you guys, do you ever feel like cut the shit guys? Like I know how it all works because I do feel like the influencers, they believe themselves to be movie stars. Some reality stars believe themselves to be movie stars. Like you're in that world from the business side. 
I mean, how fascinating is that part of your job? Yeah, I, I, for um, a few different clients, you know, I used to represent this like laser hair removal uh, place, and, like Botox fillers, whatever. And, and we would have, we would do influencer e- outreach for them. And I could always tell if an influencer was buying their followers or yeah. was fluffing their numbers because, you know, if they had a similar amount of following as I did, I know what those numbers should look like as far as story views or, you know, likes, follows, et cetera. So I, I would catch these girls sometimes fluffing their numbers. And I was like, no, you're not coming in for free Botox. Like exactly, <laughs> stop, stop reaching out. <laughs> so this season you brought a boyfriend in and I immediately thought this is going to be a disaster. I yeah. just wish you would have called me and said, I just want to run through the numbers with you real quick. Because to bring a boyfriend into a home like this that's being filmed, it's your life, six weeks, your group of friends, this is, you know, pretty difficult decision. So talk to me about the pros and cons that you weighed in your mind before you went to the Hamptons. It was definitely like a catch-22. You know, being in my 30s, I'm not going to spend an entire almost two months without my boyfriend who I think is supposed to be my forever person. Right. Mm, Like, okay. You know, we weren't coming back to the city. So why would I, you know, just like pick up and leave? Like for me, that was weird. Like, oh, I'm going to go live with my friends for a couple of months and just not see you. Like, I don't know. I'm just not that kind of person. So that was like one, one thing that I was, I was really thinking about, but also at the same time, you know, we, we were stuck in New York city in these small apartments. And, you know, who doesn't want to go to the Hamptons where you have all of this space and a huge backyard and a pool and a tennis court and, um, you know, certainly more square footage. Um, and I think as far as bringing Steven this summer, it really was like a test for me, you know, like, can we, can we survive, you know, living together, you know, not just me and you, but like, I thought it was a good thing. Like I'm, I'm, we're going to be hanging out with other people. It's not just the two of us. Like it was most of COVID where we couldn't see anyone except for each other. Like now we have friends to hang out with. It should be a lot easier on our relationship. And it went the exact opposite way. So it definitely backfired, but I don't regret that it did that because I learned a lot. But you had been on the TV show and you're accustomed to being in front of the camera and the dynamics that come with being on a show and he was an outsider. So did he have a difficult time getting acclimated to being in a home where cameras are around all the time? And did he try to hide from cameras because it became too much? I think so. But I was a little bit confused, right? Because he did come on season four. He was probably on like five different episodes of season four and spent the night at the house with me multiple weekends last season. So I thought, oh my God, like he aced it last year. Like he should be able to do this. Like, you know, I I felt like I eased him into it a year ago Hmm. and, you know, here we are. And he, he definitely, I think had a difficult time. He'll never admit it. I used to ask him like, are you nervous, you know, to go to the house? Are you, you know, and he's like, no, 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 I'm excited. I used to try to talk to him about it. He never really talked to me about it. But then when we got there, you know, it was almost like, he, he didn't know how to have like a normal conversation with me and I'm his girlfriend, you know, like he, it was like pulling teeth every single time, like the cameras were on us. And I was like, just be normal, just act normal. I mean, I do think he tried to hide. I mean, who works at, you know, midnight on a Saturday night who Uh, works, right. You know, like, I think that was his way of running away from the cameras or running away from a conversation to go pretend to work at his computer, because what am I going to do? Like tell him to stop working. I mean, eventually I did because I was just so fed up with him running away to his computer. But what industry does he work in? Um, at the time he was in hospitality. Okay. So I was thinking, you know, if he works in financial service or law or something that maybe he got paranoid, like, what if I do something and this comes back to haunt me, maybe? You know, it's funny. Uh, he, he definitely wouldn't have been there if he's in finance or law because I used to date those boys and they could never film. Yeah. Um, like ever, ever. 
Yeah. He was in hospitality. At one point I was just like, what is your deal? And I, and I, it was maybe, you know, I don't remember when that was pretty early on before he had left the house on my birthday. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, look, like if my boss has ever watched the show, I, I don't want them to ever come to me and say I wasn't working. And I was like, oh, so you're, okay. you're just like pretend working. Like, I don't get it. Right. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just confused, like at his decision-making process, because if you were planning on coming to the house to sit at your computer the whole time, then why did you come in the first place? Like you have a duty being on reality TV to make an entertaining TV show and, you know, actually have conversations that are like deep and intimate with each other. So if you weren't planning on doing that, then why are you wasting everyone's time? Well, I think he probably figured out early into the process, like this is, I'm not reality TV. I don't have, I don't have it. There, all of you have an ability that a lot of people don't, which is to totally let yourself go and be who you are on camera. I think for the most part, all of you do. And that, I mean, I think you're forgetting that most people can't do that. I mean, if you take a picture at a wedding, people are like uncomfortable just taking a picture, but you have been on the show so long that the cameras, they kind of disappear for you, but not everybody is, has that makeup that they can do that. Yeah. I don't, I I get that. And I even said that to him. I was like, you know, not everyone's cut out for TV. And he was like, no, it's not that. And I was like, okay, well, Well, that's it. That's it. Maybe a little bit of his ego, like pride, you know, to say that. I have always told you, I think that you need to be with somebody who's like five, six years older than you. Okay. So like maybe divorced, maybe has a kid or two. And then what? Maybe, maybe hasn't had kids yet, but I think you need somebody just a little bit older because he showed up and I was like, who is this guy that Lindsay is bringing in the house? I mean, I know he was on the season before, but still like you didn't really know him, know him until this season, you know? Now, when you break up with someone like that, and they've been living in a house with all of your friends. Do you have to say to your friends, listen, you can't really talk to him anymore because this is super uncomfortable and you have more loyalty to me. So if I find out that you're hanging out, it's an ixnay on our relationship. <laughs> you know, what's so funny is this actually kind of did happen. Like I remember at one point Luke had posted some like dancing video with him and Stravi. And I was like, what are you doing? Right. Like, you work with me. We're not only coworkers, but we hang out all the fucking time. And why, like, like if you want to be friends with him, cool, but like, keep it under wraps, bro. Like (laughs) keep it to yourself, Yeah, you know? And, and I also like a, a few months ago, I was in North Carolina visiting one of my best friends and Carl called me on like a Sunday morning. He's like, I just want to let you know, like we all went to Kyle's house to watch the fight and Luke invited Stravi and Stravi showed up and it was so awkward. And I just, And, you know, the first thing Carl says to me was, you know, Lindsay, you're my number one priority. My loyalty resides with you. And I didn't want you to think that like there was anything weird going on. Now, to be honest, Carl knows a lot more details about what happened in our relationship and the aftermath of us breaking up than Uh, Kyle or Luke do. right? Right. So like, you know, Carl is privy to information that is, you know, more detailed um, Mm -hmm. as far as things that I went through with this man after our breakup, then, you know, and eventually like Kyle started finding out. And I think he knows now, like, look, like probably didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. This was a little bit messier than I, I led you guys to believe because I wanted to be, you know, (laughs) um, you know, just like cordial and amicable. Okay. You've been on the show for so long. I really believe and can see that like you're very close to Carl. You're very close with Kyle. You've known Kyle since what, 2000 or 2014. Yeah. You guys lived in a house together with Christine Gibson. Like you guys go way back. But for the members of the house members, the housemates that are newer, does it ever feel like it's two different factions, like the OGs and then the newbies? And then do you ever get frustrated because like when I watch that show, I think, would Lindsay really hang out with Hannah in the city? Like, I don't know if she would, because you seem like you're living in two parallel universes. Does it feel <laughs> like that inside the house too? Uh, kind of. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think you can tell like, you know, listen, I think, 
I think for all of us, like we call ourselves the old guard, right? right. You know, the, the me, Carl, Kyle, Danielle, even Luke, like we're, we're like hustlers. You know, we, we very much like in everything that we do, we, we work hard. And even if that's like cleaning the house or, you know, making dinner or, um, you know, going on runs and working out, like we were just very active people. Um, and I think for, you know, some of the younger, the younger crew, um, I don't know if necessarily, you know, growing up, they had to work as hard as we did to support ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so as adults, I don't, I think they're, they're more used to having things done for them. Um, so yeah, there's times when you're just like, you know, just like the mental process of like the older, the older crowd and like the younger crew is, 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 is very, it's a very different thought process sometimes, but at the end of the day, you know, like we do have a lot of fun, you know, like together, you know, and, and, and we, like, we all share the common, um, denominator of wanting to, you know, enjoy ourselves and get drunk and play beer pong and, you know, pick each other up and, and just be silly together. So, so we do come together, but during the day, it's more obvious, you know, the, the difference of mental states. But it, you know, a reality show is kind of like a business. So you've been there from the beginning with Kyle and Carl. So you've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. You've cracked open your life. You've been humiliated in television. You've had great moments on television. You put the hard work into building the company from the ground up. Yeah. So does there exist this dynamic when you have newer people come in that you want them to understand like what what you've done to build the, the show, to make it what it is? So somebody comes in and they're enjoying being part of a show that was built on the hard work that you've done opening your life. I mean, you've been- Yeah, how does this saying go? Like we we walk so they can run? Yes, or, exactly. I mean, there's times when it gets a little frustrating. Like I think as far as me, Kyle and Carl, especially, we have been putting ourselves out there fully, you know, in every single relationship, whether it's romantic or otherwise, um, since day one, season one, episode one. So- you know, like when other people aren't putting themselves out there in an authentic way. Yeah. It gets a little frustrating. I think for the three of us for sure. Um, and like, we, you know, like we really have spent five years of just like, I mean, putting everything on the table for the show and, you know, hoping to get renewed season after season. And and that's the only way you can. Cause otherwise, if I'm just like pretending like, right. You know, I'm, I'm not in these like weird relationships, you know, then why would we continue getting renewed if I'm not putting myself out there? So yeah, there's, a, there's like a, an element that's a little frustrating when people aren't fully being authentic or themselves or putting or as much up. out there, opening right. up as much as, you know, sort of the OGs ha- have. I mean, like we, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, what, what am I going to do? I don't make decisions as <laughs> I'm not a producer. So I, right. all I can do is just sit there and help them attempt to open up more as so, a friend. Luke, there was this DM from a psychic. What? Like, I didn't understand that. So some rando just sent a note to them and said, by the way, Lindsay and Luke are have hot and heavy, just a heads up. And then we took this for face value. Yeah, I guess that's what happened. I haven't physically seen the receipts or the DM <laughs> itself. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't need to. I was like, this is so ridiculous. I, yeah. I remember even asking, I think I was like talking to Danielle the next day and I was like, those girls must have been doing Pilates yesterday because they're stretching a lot here. <laughs> like, I wish Luke would have just been like, what are you guys talking about? No, I've never hooked up with Hubhouse. Um, you know, but I also think he was like, what, what, where is this coming from? Like, what are you guys talking about? Like the moment where two different moments that really were captivating the season. One is when you said to Danielle, I don't know, is it me? And she said, yeah, it is you. Okay. Months later, you're looking back, you're watching. Do you still feel the same way in that moment as you did when she said that? Um, the same way now. I, I do believe um, that 
part of our, our issues were me for sure. I, at that point, it was very clear watching it back. I was just so over this relationship. And I even think she asked me like, you know, well, what, you know, what are you going to do? Like, do you still want to be with him? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I just think I was like so over it and it kind of came to a head last summer. I think I was over it by the time it was my birthday. Yeah. I think you were too. That, that, that birthday dinner, I was like, she's out. She's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I am a sucker. I do, you know, want to give people like second chances and third chances, you know, to, to make things right. But, you know, when, despite the fact that I was acting out and I was drunk the night before, like you still don't try to leave. Like, why does this man keep running away? You know? And like, I'm sorry, like what's going to happen if like you have, you know, marriage and kids and what if there's like a kid who is sick or you have financial problems, like you're just going to run away every time there's a problem, you know? And I just, I can't respect that. And I think by that point, I just like had lost respect. Mm-hmm. And once respect is gone in a relationship, it's, it's not good. Okay. The other moment was when you took a pregnancy test. Tell me what, how, how you felt in that moment. Like, okay, I'm going to be filmed and there's a possibility that I might be pregnant. Yeah, I was pretty calm about it. I mean, I was only really like a few days late to have my period and I'm not on birth control, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which means it's not exactly on the day every single month. You know, there's obviously different things that can affect your period, whether it's diet, exercise, stress, anxiety, whatever. Um, Danielle was like really adamant that I take a test. She's like, you, you need to figure this out. Like you need to take a test. Um, so I really did it because she like pushed me to do it, but I, I was pretty calm about it. I didn't believe I was pregnant. I, you know, I, I was going to take the test because she really wanted me to, but I didn't necessarily in my heart of hearts think that I was pregnant. Do you feel, um, just as connected to all of them as you did in those summer months or those weeks in the summer, or do you, do you need like a good period of time to unwind? I mean, you just had a reunion. That's always like stressful too, but do you need a couple more weeks to just kind of like deflate or are you ready to go if they have another season of summer house? Um, I would say like, I would be ready to go. Like we usually typically, I think a lot of us try to spend those months, like visiting family, going on vacation, like sort of mentally and physically gearing up and preparing for filming the next season. Um, and which is typically enough time, but I should probably start working out now just in case. (laughs) Well, it's an important question is I I wanted to know, and I know you're going to give me an honest answer. There is an enormous amount of pressure to be a woman on television Mm -hmm. and people can be hateful. So how do you prepare yourself mentally for what the commentary that comes with being on a show like this? How difficult is it for you mentally um, to handle that? And also uh, body image. Yeah. I mean, for starters, I actually stayed off Twitter this season because that's, that's where a lot of the negative commentary comes from is on Twitter. If anyone DMs me with negative commentary, I just like clap back at them, like in like funny ways, you know, like I had this grandma DM me the other day and she said something, I can't remember what it was. She said something nasty. And I was like, you know, so then I go to her page and I, and I see she has grandkids and I was like, well, I really hope that you teach your grandkids better manners than you have. Right. And you know, it kind of like turns and spins them around. Like, did Oh, they, did they write back? Yeah. She wrote back and she's like, you're right. Lessons to be learned. And oh, I was like, good. okay, good. Um, yeah. You know, season one, I think it was a little bit more difficult, um, because it, that was our first season, but over the years, I just sort of like, uh, you know, I am who I am. And like, you, you kind of either like take, take me or leave me, you know? So I, I did get a lot confident, um, when it came to like nasty, you know, keyboard warriors mm-hmm. who just hide behind, you know, keyboards and, and, and say, you know, like ridiculous comments, um, being a woman on television, I've been saying this for years is, is actually really difficult. You know, like a guy can just roll out of bed and shower and five minutes later, they look 
like a million bucks. Like, whereas like females, like we're expected to look the part, act the part, be this glamorous TV star and also have a a stellar personality, be able to answer any questions that come our way in a very concise and elegant and eloquent way. And, you know, at the same time, like mentally and physically prepare and, you know, look like I don't have this most perfect body, um, you know, on my show or, or on, on, you know, across the board on reality shows. I mean, I think like half the housewives have a better body than I do. You're out of your mind. That's not true. Like I have a really, really great group of solid girlfriends Mm -hmm. and they're all very, very strong, um, you know, strong-minded women and, and successful women, which I, I love to surround myself with very strong, you know, females. Um, so that when I'm feeling weak, like I run to them and they like make me strong again. So, um, yeah, I I think it took them a couple of years of like understanding this process, you know, before, and now that they get it, um, you know, every Friday after a Thursday episode, my phone's blowing up with every one of my girlfriends, like, how are you feeling? Here are my thoughts. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's helpful to have like a lot of, a lot of strong females to, to talk through, you know, all of my emotions surrounding the show. Okay. Last question. ROTC. Why did you keep this from us? (laughs) Like what, like, why do we not know that? Um, I think they played it in one of the pre- previous seasons. Um, yeah, I was in ROTC. My brother, when he was in ninth grade and I was in eighth grade, um, he had joined the ROTC program on, you know, we have a lot of military family members. And so, he, you know, I, I'm in middle school and he would come home from high school and I was like, what did you learn? Teach me everything. So I kind of knew going into high school that I wanted to be an ROTC and I did it for you know, like my, my freshman year of high school, but I kind of had to drop all of my elective. Um, is that what they're called? Electives, mm-hmm. you know, like your, your, like your fun activities, um, because I had to focus on academics and, and, you know, working at Outback Steakhouse to make money to pay for my car. So Outback <laughs> Steakhouse, like a blooming onion. Is that like, can oh yeah. You, can you still smell that at night? Like wafting no rules just right (laughs) (laughs) too much okay well uh what are you working on now well obviously we're going to look for like the reunion give me scale of one to ten how entertained will we be um the reunion was was pretty chaotic it actually looked like we were inside of the summer house like there's fighting going on in one one area Mm -hmm. there's crying going on in another area the summer storming off in another area and i'm like chasing after them to wrangle them in so, um, yeah, it's very much like an episode of Summer House. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Very entertaining. Um, I think a lot of points were made um, from, you know, different sides of the coin um, that, you know, it, I, I think will help answer some questions for a lot of people. Good. Okay, good. Um, so what else um, do we need to know and where can people follow you? Um, people can follow me at Lynn's hubs on Instagram. And if you want to don't activate me shirt or where is my sandwich hoodie? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> go to shop, go to shop Perfect. Well, thank you a million times. I love chatting with you and I know me too. And, and, you know, one day we'll figure out who I should be dating. <laughs> Jake and Matt, these two said to me, are you watching pig royalty? And I was like, not yet. And they go, well, buckle up literally because now I'm fully invested and obsessed. Jake and Matt are co-hosts of reality gaze, which is a super popular podcast. And they are old friends of mine. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Casey, how do we follow that introduction? It's, it is so good to be here. I'm like a hug. It's like a hug for like, you. It's like going home, like homecoming at your old church. But, but without you the judgment. And you don't see people you hate. Yeah. Oh, right. And they're not telling we're going to burn for being homosexuals. Well, that's oh, well, a given. Well, we would hope. Okay. We're, we're, we're so happy that you got, I knew when I texted, I was like, she's going to get into this show. This is, this is my favorite show of 2021. It, uh, is it? Is it I'm really? Not, I'm not overselling this. Uh, I am an evangelist for this show. I, even though, even though Discovery Plus is an app that we had to buy because they basically threatened to take everything we had. They did try to sue uh, us and made us change our name from Maddie Day Gay. I know um, they did. 
and but that's funny, fine. But I ate pro and got the app and watched this. And as soon as I heard the first, um, the first intro of the smell of pig shit is different than anything else. I was like, I'm in. Come on, tell me more. <laughs> now, yes. I feel like Matt. You are probably very familiar with this world coming from Oklahoma. <laughs> Am I wrong? I thought so too, but it turned out he wasn't as familiar as I thought. Oh. I mean, I didn't grow up. We had a very, very active, and I talked about it on our show, very active uh, FFA, Future Farmers of America organization. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of friends that showed pigs. I even remember <laughs> one time in college, my music fraternity, that was it. we did a kiss a pig contest and I had to go get the pig in a farm in Denton, and I ended up chasing a pig for like 30 minutes, which is way more difficult than you think. But that's another story. Also, I just need to sidebar. There's no gayer phrase than music. Music fraternity. <laughs> I was just going to say, Mu Phi Epsilon, bitches. Mu Phi Epsilon. Music fraternity. <laughs> what is it's, that? It's basically an organization that women treat seriously and all the gay guys join thinking that it'll get them closer to being actually in a fraternity and have fraternity sex. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay. And That's, what is, what is part of happened. the, what's part of the hazing process? Show tunes? What would you do? Um, yes, it's like, it's, uh, you have to get trouble cleft tattoos. Exactly. On your yeah. ankle, trouble and cleft tattoos. If you don't have perfect pitch, they just like waterboard you every time you get it wrong. <laughs> I will say it's also for straight men who are musicians to kind of prove that they're also frat bros. So oh, that's sometimes nerdy, that nerdy, nerdy straight guys. Yeah, yeah. It's like the jazz musicians that we went to a very big music school at North Texas and the jazz musicians would never join this because no, they're already they're cool. cool. They're already cool That's and they're already having sex with anybody. A lot of not. bandos, a lot of band guys. I would but the but the uh the kind of skinny to nerdy yet pudgy opera queens, they need something. <laughs> we needed something. I had a cousin that was like fourth runner up Miss Oklahoma. Oh, so wow. and I followed her career a lot and I did a little bit of pageant coaching when I was younger. Oh, that um, tracks. That definitely that tracks. tracks. We need, this This is going to be an Ardmore moment, so we need to move. <laughs> but no, this. I'm just saying, though, I don't get the pick part of it, but like. I get the people. The, but like the mm-hmm. boleros, the rings, we are. And I think Jake just said, we know these people. It, it's this kind of, I, we, we, I think I've been talking about this, that it's this idea of people who have, your goals that sounds for us who live in Los Angeles or for other people who live mm-hmm. in who don't show pigs. It sounds weird, but right. they are, they're so invested in this and every spare moment they have is devoted to pigs and showing pigs because that is how you get status in this world for them. Mm-hmm. They, they, yes, they kind of use the guys that it's all for college scholarships, which it, it, it does pay for a lot. It's kind of the same. You know, they want to win. Like my cousin did not pay for school because of scholarships, but it's all because that's almost used as like the, they want to win. They want the, it's all about where, you know, where Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, um, those are odd state, Kansas even, uh, those are odd states because they're not like where, where Jake is from, like in South Carolina, this is like legacy families that their family came over on the fucking Mayflower and stuff like that. And like, have generations. Yeah. We, these are newer states. And so what your family does in that community, as far as like what kind the of- The only not, thing you have. It's the only thing. So what their mm. job is, what the legacy of their job is, those kind of, that is like, pe- there are family legacies in my community of people that are pole vaulters. And we know that their child <laughs> is going to be a pole vaulter. Wow. And that's what they're known for. And Where that's, are we? And that seems weird, but that's like, these, <laughs> it's like these little niche legacies. You know, do, does that make sense? It does, but I'm, I'm so confused. At, I am too. Every, and I was right there. Every time you talk about where you were, I still, Kate, I didn't think it was a real place. I thought he was making up all of these people. <laughs> and then I met like one of them or your mother cor- corroborated someone. Yeah. And I went, wait, that's real? Right. I just thought he was just like bullshit. Making it up. So, yeah. So, and in this area of like San Antonio that they're from, it's very... Um, uh, it's, it's very similar. There. 
there's, there's nothing, nothing there. there except there's nothing there to do but like do stock shows. Okay. Um, yes, there's San Antonio, but the area outside of it is just very rural. And even San Antonio, mm-hmm. what I've heard, uh, I actually would like to go to San Antonio. <laughs> but what I've heard, it's like the Riverwalk is beautiful and there's a lot to do. And I've heard the rest of the town is kind of stuck in the 80s. Yeah. Okay. That's well, true. well, let's go through these families because what really makes this show extraordinary, because if on paper you're going to go, eh, maybe. But once you start watching the show, you get pulled in because mm-hmm. there's this underlying competition. Well, not underline. I mean, I think they're pretty, <laughs> uh, you know, open about it. Yeah. And that is what really sucks you in. So talk to me a little bit about the Bolero, Bolero family. The matriarch is Michelle. She coaches three daughters, Michaela, Mackenzie, and McCall. God forbid they have somebody named Doris. And they are also <laughs> training their younger cousin, whom they call Nugget. Nugget, yes. His real name is Tainter. <laughs> so I much prefer Nugget. Uh, I, I don't really want to think of a man's underside of his ball sack when I hear a, a child's no. name. Tainter. Uh, so the Boleros. And, and, and by the way, they're nicknamed the Blingy Girls because yes. of their thorny personas to use to their advantage in competitions. And there's yes. an allegation that one of the sisters was getting intimate with the judge in order to Michaela. get ahead. Now, when they said that first episode, she looks to the ground and then side to side and the middle sister shrugs her shoulders like, this shit's real. I have spent enough time watching television to know that when someone's lying, they look at the ground and then side to side. So my my guess is she probably did sleep with the judge. What do you guys think? The Boleros do their own big competition in episode three where they basically hire a judge who's their friend. It is the most ridiculously partial thing you've ever seen. It was seen. Michaela's teacher, Who and was, the teacher would text Michaela during class and tell her what questions I mean, to ask. I did that to my students. I would te- oh, I knew their course. numbers, and I would text them to ask me a question. <laughs> sure. You know, that's normal. that was normal. Um, and But Mackenzie, the, let's just start with the Boleros. You, 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 you pretty much nailed it. Michelle Bolero, the matriarch of the Boleros, uh, it's never seen without her cheetah print, um, <laughs> ever. Uh, she's, she also has these three beautiful <laughs> daughters who are face beat always. Mm-hmm. Um, they are blinged out. They mm-hmm. are, especially for that part of, of Texas. And that's part of his legacy. Yeah. I'm thinking, like literally like Poodle has families that they're known from like bringing a tobacco industry to the region. <laughs> and where I'm from, people are known Oh, she's known for her cheetah print. Yeah. That um, literally is, yeah. And, but there's, uh, and then Nugget is their kind of second cousin that they've brought in, uh, kind of because Michelle Bolero always wanted a son and she had three ungrateful, shrewish daughters. <laughs> it's like something out of King Lear. It really is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the middle one, Mackenzie, is the greatest gift to the show. She sure is. The, she's the shadiest. She's mm-hmm. well, she, she only calls her mother Michelle. <laughs> she's that daughter. Yeah. I mean, Kate, I just want to ask you, what if one of your daughters just called you Kate all the time? I'd smack the shit out of her. <laughs> That's not ever going to happen on my watch. But my children live in fear of me every day. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're, the, you're the bad cop. So the Boleros have this, uh, if, we, if we're setting up these families, uh, Romeo and Juliet style, they're definitely the more prosperous of the two. Right. Or they seem to be mm-hmm. in, in that way. Although it was pointed out to me by a certain friend, I think the Bolero's house also is attached to a trailer. So wow. I don't I think they're trying to act like they have more than they do. Of course, because that's par for the course for reality shows. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh, and I think Michelle, we don't know this. I guarantee you, <laughs> Michelle Bolero came from, and I can say this because I I have back then. Michelle Bolero came from from trash, like yeah, just, from from just like really poor. That's what I am imagining. So this is this is why she's so concerned with building this persona of who I she see. and her yeah. family. She's trying to give her daughters everything what she, didn't, she have. didn't have, mm-hmm. and then they turn out to be to be spoiled. Brats. This is all conjecture mm-hmm. on our part, but well, of course, you know but, that's her job. But yeah, Mackenzie is the middle one who said, you know, she d- d- directly in the camera, she's the star, the kind of the star villain, directly in the camera says, they said Michaela slept with the judges. 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. And the producer's like, do you want to say anything else? No, I sure no don't. comment. Sure don't. <laughs> sure don't. And that was the point talk where to I was watching, talk to Michelle about that. And I watched the first episode and I went, ah, this is, this is so good. Pure, pure wonder. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, it's like a fable. Yeah, it is like a fable because it is because where the reams on the other side of it, names. the yeah. reams, you know, they have their, all the names are problematic. Let's just say all that them. now. Let's, so the reams have Cammy and Kylie. Keely, Keely, you're going, you're, let me take this. You're gonna this up. Cammy and Keely. Uh, Cammy and Keely. And, and then, then there's Cannon, Cannon. the son. With mm-hmm. the K. Which is spelled K-A-N-N-E-N. Right. Um, I, I need to move forward that or I'll, I won't shut up. Um, and tell them but, how you spell their last name. Reen is spelled R-I-H-N. Explain Reen. that. Um, I don't understand. Is it German? Well, if, you, if, it, if it was to be spelled like it was German, and the, I will say the pronunciation varies on the show, <laughs> even. Okay. They'll say um, Reen, they'll say Ren. Yeah, they'll say the, that Reen woman was over here, or Ren, I'm Jody Ren. Which we do that too. Yeah. You're the tall pharaohs or you're the tall overs. It's the same word. <laughs> we cannot talk about the tall pharaohs. <laughs> well, so I'll just no. go ahead. I think the Reens are way more competitive. They are. And Jody, Jody Reen is kind of the matriarch of that family with her husband, Josh. Uh, and but and they they the, the story they're trying to tell is they built their stuff up from nothing. Mm-hmm. And Which I they, think are, they, did. they are super open-minded. They've they've also established this this sort of like uh this mixed, like blended family of people. Mm-hmm. They've collected these like misfits. they're the Isles of the Misfits. Yeah, and th- so they have their uh, Jody's friend from high school, Mandy, and her wife. Love it. Uh, so we've got a lesbian couple showing pigs, and yep. then Tyler used to be Tyler, mother. the coach, who is just a formidable queen, flaming queen, who we are here for. Like right. Tyler. Call us. We'll take you out to Dallas to Cedar Springs and get you drunk at JR's. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I think she would. We would be. I would be so tired by like one a.m. Oh. and she'd be out till like she's like I'll see you guys later. Boys. I disagree I so. because I think Dallas used to be your stalking grounds. I think you would come alive and you'd be going home with someone by twelve forty-five. Oh yeah, you're probably rushing twelve forty-five. Yeah, I, I could work faster than that. <laughs> You got to get the old ones because they're going to need to go to bed early. So, but, so but wait, but, you're you're forgetting so. you're forgetting one other member of this tribe, the Reen family. They've got this foreign exchange student named oh, Manuel Manu. <laughs> Manuel Perez Bravo, also called Mano. You guys will start watching and go, I don't know how to unpack all of this, but I'm okay with it because I'm going to cancel my plans and just sit here and yes. watch the rest of it. Yes, it has. I will say it's really, really well made. Oh, that's um, weird. I'm just about to say it that. Is, it's very it's well made. Beautifully shot. Yes. Um, and it doesn't look like your normal, like we cover 99, not 99, 99, 99 cent fiance, Same. which I should call it. <laughs> but we, 90 day fiance, which looks like, even though it's COVID, looks like it's shot for a dollar. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, but this show, documentarians actually Mm -hmm. lined up shoots Mm -hmm. this thing was storyboarded and it feels it feels a lot like an hbo documentary or a showtime documentary agree and i would i would love to know what the history of this is whether it was like a feature for a while i i texted kate when i found this i said i need you to email or i need you to interview the creator i know which which I plan on doing, but I wanted to give everybody the chance to start yeah. watching it. But it, yeah, it definitely has this. I don't think Poodle watched all of this and he didn't get it, but I really love Cheer. For me, it has kind yeah. of this Cheer meets mm-hmm. Toddlers and Tiaras. Right. Um, or dance, like Boleros. She's kind of like, Michelle Boleros, kind of like the dance mom of Pig. She's Abby Lee Miller. For sure. Pigs. It's yeah, so sure it, it's it's yeah. but it's like Jake said, it's so just um it's beautifully shot, it's so compelling. They know what stories they're telling, and they and you and you are kind of as a viewer, you're kind of kept, you're, you're you know I'm going to be taken along on a journey mm-hmm. because these people are taking care with the stories they're telling. It's yeah. not like we'll get to the end of a night at fiance arc, and I'm like, oh, well that was crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I also nothing. 
And I also like uh, the women in, that are featured in the show mm-hmm. are such strong characters, and that Very it's so. and that it's set in the middle of the country, which right. I think a lot of shows sort of pass over. Yeah. And the best TV shows are always about a pocket of the world that we don't know anything about, and then you become consumed by it. And Amen. now I I'm, there's so many people that have written me and said. I paid for school because I did these shows like, oh, this is like a big deal where I'm from. And so I think it's great that these families are put on the map now. And they really seem to be enjoying the attention that's coming from the show and not in a diabolical we're movie stars way. More like we're glad that other people are seeing this incredible um, these incredible competitions that we're so devoted to. They they aren't very savvy yet. I will say it's really interesting because they, they've they've come at us a little bit by saying, we love you guys' show. I'm like, obviously, you haven't listened to a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Actually, the Boleros haven't. Uh, I don't think Michelle us. Bolero is going to contact them. Now, because I've been I've been pretty much. <laughs> no, she's not going to. Now, if Mackenzie wanted to come on our show, we would do it. It would McKenzie, just be her saying no comment. No comment, and then at the end, we look fat. If you're listening, (laughs) we would we would treat you to tacos. Um, Oh yeah, uh, we would get you a Taco Cabana gift card. Yes, Uh, Taco Cabana, which Jody Reen has a Taco Cabana tattoo. Oh, so maybe Taco Bueno, whatever you prefer. Uh, Taco Bueno, probably. Uh, These are these are all Texas chains we're referencing. So it's it's inside baseball. If you're if you're if your viewers don't live in Texas or maybe the one of your listeners just screamed out. (laughs) (laughs) There's something about this series that it's the epicness of it all. It's the mythic themes of underdog versus. Yes. Uh, uh, the underdog versus kind of the, the the winner who's always been winning, and there's Nugget who you can't stop watching uh, because it's every, adorable. He's got this really expressive face, and every time, every time they're like, "Where's Nugget?" Nugget's like in the pig pen doing his homework, petting his yeah. pig, you know. Just and he's just he's like, "I just want to win. I just want to win uh, buckles and talk to girls." And his and mom and his so mother with no teeth says, 10 buckles. <laughs> He's like, okay, mama. And, and you do root for the kids and the younger people because it seems like they get the hypocrisy. They, they get the hypocrisy of it. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a lot of generations. I can't stop talking about this show. Everyone, everyone I know who 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 like asked us about a show that they should watch, I've been like, pig royalty, do it yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Well, tell everybody where they can listen to your show, which is absolutely hilarious. Oh, thank you. Well, wherever they listen to podcasts, just Reality Gaze. Uh, I mean, the website's <laughs> Reality Gaze Podcast, as well as our Instagram. But yeah, Reality Gaze, we do 90 Day Fiance. Uh, we just did a one-off episode, but I'm trying to get Poodle to do all of oh. Extreme Sisters. Oh, Kate. Yeah. It Kate. was, it mm. was mm-hmm. you, you, you know that reality show experience when you're watching... <laughs> And there's like, you're like, this tastes like there's something yes. coming up. That's like, what this sh- show is like for me. Like I need to sit in a shower, but the water, instead of it being water, it should be like acid. Yeah. Like yeah. Silkwood shower. Yes. Silkwood. Yeah, it yes. Needs, it needs to get <laughs> yeah. the radiation off of me. Right. But I know I'll also never be clean again. That's the way I yeah. felt. Let's After do. watching Extreme Sisters, there was we put on our Instagram my reaction, which which was honest, and because I just watched the whole show like this, mouth again. <laughs> but we do that show. We also when Love After Lockup comes back, we talk about Lovely. that. So we do we do not even lots of reality lot. shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, lots of reality shows. So yeah, jump on in, sugars. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you, Barbara Walters of the podcast world. Yes, that's damn right. <laughs> I want to thank my great guests, Lindsay and Matt and Jake, and remind you to subscribe to the show and to join the Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey. You can find me on Twitter at, at Kate Casey. My Instagram is at Kate Casey CA. My God, I, did I tell you that I started a TikTok? So my TikTok is It's Kate Casey. And you can find me on Patreon with bonus episodes this, this week. I've got Kiki from Talk of Shame. Uh, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash Kate Casey. And you can find me on Clubhouse. I have a group called What to Watch with Kate. 
And every Monday, I go through my list of what to watch each week. And I'm also an admin in Club Bravo. So I hope that you have a great week. And I can't wait to circle back with you on Friday. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.